This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the number one daily fantasy sports app. Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 601. And joining me today, we got a special guest, my father, Stephen. Dad, how are you? I am fantastic. I've worked up some new football plays that run by you. Um, <laughs> You've been watching the film, huh? You ready to go? Yeah, uh, yeah. So you, I got the Spider Monkey Barcelona Ham play. Uh, it's just amazing. Do you know we did 600 yesterday, episode 600? It's kind I, of. I, I think that is fantastic. It's been a lot of shows, man. It's. Uh, I, I'm no. sad I couldn't get you on 600. It's kind of like a celebratory thing, but I had to Thursday night football and everything, so it kind of timed out this way. So. No, I think it works out perfect. And uh, for the OG Zach Schaumler fans, predating Strong Opinion Sports, you did that show that you and I did where uh, I don't know how terrible that was, but we, we went through, uh, we talked about all kinds of things, including every episode, season one of Stranger Things. Um, I don't know, you did like five or ten of those, not very many, just a handful, and then said, screw it, I'm doing sports, and you've been killing it. Uh, I still remember 500 subscribers, 1,000 subscribers, you know, on YouTube, 10,000, so I'm so fired up and proud of you that uh, 600, and uh, you're living the good life in uh, Waikiki. Yeah, man, I'm happy. I, uh, so my idea here, there's a, a guy, a comedian, Chris DiStefano, who has his dad on his podcast occasionally. And like his cranky old dad, who's like, seems like a mafia boss. It's like, it's, it's hilarious. Like he's a character on the show. And I was like, you know what? I should have my dad on the show. A random day. We can hang out, talk sports. It's something you and I tend to do occasionally. Anyway, we, we get on the phone, like, can you believe blah, blah, blah. I'm like, we should just record this conversation and have fun with it. And I got some questions to ask you. I think you got some stuff to talk about. I think we can have fun here. So, uh, how do you feel about that? Do you like that idea? Oh, I love it. I love the show. You're my favorite, uh, sports analyst, sports commentator, um and uh getting to be on your show it's just man it's a joy for me plus we do bs and talk all kinds of things anyway so let's monetize it yeah no i uh so the first thing i want to we haven't talked about this yet somehow and it's uh i don't know how you're going to react here you are a long time i would call you an aaron Rodgers hater like straight up like i i have come to like aaron you tend to not be a fan of aaron um, what was your initial reaction when he got injured? I, I, we haven't talked about that somehow at all, and I, I'd love to hear from you. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. <laughs> I was so happy when he went down. Um, and, and for those that have not heard my shtick before, which is legitimate shtick, it's not just a shtick, is I don't like him because he's an arrogant ass, he's a liar, he's a terrible, at least until now, he's been a terrible teammate and not a good leader on the sidelines. Um, he's just done a lot of bad things. The football thing, everyone talks like he's so amazing. When you glare at your players from the sidelines, that's such bad people skills. His emotional intelligence quotient, at least when he was with the Packers, must have been a negative number. Um, no people skills. He's just not good at all. And then his whole weirdness, darkness retreat. Am I going to break up with you or not? What? You're upset that I don't know if I'm going to break up with you or not? Oh, ridiculousness. Now, he has seemed to do a little better on the sidelines. Um... For the uh, for the Jets, you know, it seems like he's like been down the sidelines and cheering him and all that. And I think it's because he um, is actually gutless and he knows that he can't be in the game. Therefore, he can be emotionally engaged. Uh, I hope, I hope, I hope he gets back in next year so they can lose even more games with him. I gotta say, I need a disclaimer here. He does not speak for me, right? Like I, <laughs> we could not be more diametrically opposed. I love Aaron. I'm rooting for Aaron. I've liked what he's done. 
Um, I, I, I criticized Aaron in the past, but I, I think we've seen an evolution of Aaron grow as a person. But I, I wanted to hear it. I love the, the initial response. Couldn't happen to a nicer person. <laughs> it's, uh, I objectively find your, like, distaste of Aaron kind of comical and hilarious. I, I just, it's like a, I, you call it a shtick. It's like, man, I, I really enjoy the, the level of, I mean, you, you did live in Minnesota. You still yell touchdown Vikings occasionally when any football team scores. We could be watching USC against Oregon. You'd be like, touchdown Vikings. They're like, dad, you realize none, none of those teams are playing. Um, no, so you <laughs> can you acknowledge? Do you think Aaron, even before he got hurt, he looked like a different leader? I thought he was maybe approaching the game differently and maybe um, doing things he didn't do in Green Bay. Can we agree on that at least? In spite of my distaste for him as a human being, he did look happier as a person, and I think that is I just for whatever reason I don't think he was happy in Green Bay, and I thought he was un I thought he was just a jerk, but it seems like maybe he was a jerk and unhappy. And when you're unhappy, that just messes things up. And definitely, for sure, I don't know if you agree, but just, just you know, preseason on, he just seemed seemed much happier. Yeah, and they seem to like him there and appreciate him. I I found myself really rooting for him and Robert Sala. Like, Robert Sala is a head coach who has had a turbulent start to his career, but I think he's a good coach who is compelling and nice to listen to, and I really, I'm, I'm rooting for him. So I was really hoping they'd be great. And I honestly, I'm bummed because I thought all year the Jets were going to be a big storyline to follow. And four snaps into the year, the season gets cratered, and you're like, man, are you kidding me? This was, like, the thing I was most looking forward to in all of football. Like, I'm not a Jets fan. I can't imagine how a Jets fan would feel. But for me, the number one storyline in the NFL this year was Aaron in New York, and uh, to have it happen the way it did was so frustrating. I will say about Aaron, I am sad, like, knowing, like, seeing the journey for him in New York and how much he seems to have enjoyed it, I wish he just left Green Bay way sooner. I think you would agree with that. Like the will he, won't he, the waiting, the complaining, but then signing a new contract was really frustrating because I thought for years Green Bay didn't give Aaron the weapons I think he really needed. Like to have what you arguably the most talented quarterback of all time not playing with incredible players is really frustrating. And I I just wish he had had the guts to leave sooner and say, screw this, I'm out. I want a different team that's going to give me the weapons I deserve. You know, one of the hats I wear is that I, uh, I mentor a lot of people, including young people, helping them build their brands, grow their businesses, my bonfire trailblazers. And I had breakfast at um, IHOP yesterday, uh, our IHOP right near the airport, and uh, with one of them. And, uh, you know, she was really struggling. She'd broken up with someone close to her and the relationship had come to an end, romantic relationship. And I was like, I felt sad for the heartache, but so happy for her because they were never a good fit. And if you're in a bad business, a bad relationship, a bad job, if it's not good, you know, when the horse is dead, dismount, you're much better off leaving sooner than later. I realized after recording, I forgot to have any transitions for ad breaks. So I got to take a short break. We got to pay the bills. Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app. Prize Picks allows you to make an entry based on player projections. And in 60 seconds, you could enter something like, Travis Kelsey more than five catches, Tyreek Hill more than 100 yards receiving, and Justin Fields less than 200 yards passing. And if your picks are right, you can win money. Making picks makes games more engaging, and you could turn something like $5 into $50. Prize Picks offers quick and easy deposits. You can even use Apple Pay. And they have weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. For example, there's a weekly event called Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. 
So put your skills to the test in daily fantasy. Go to prizepicks.com slash CLNS and use code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash CLNS, code CLNS, for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePicks, daily fantasy made easy. Well, let's talk about another one that may be a relationship that potentially could come to an end. The New York, uh, the New England Patriots, um, with Bill Belichick and their head coach. We, you and I, spent countless hours watching the Patriots on our couch growing up. Like we, we love the Patriots. We enjoyed watching Tom Brady make a ton of comebacks. Like that's a moment I think we shared together was watching the Patriots, watching Belichick, watching Tom Brady. But since Tom Brady has left, the Patriots have not been the same, and they're actually, I think, getting worse. What do you make of what's going on? I watch a lot of film. I, I don't know the. I don't know how much Patriots football you've watched this year, but what's your impression like from 500 feet above? Of I guess 5,000 feet above, 10,000, whatever the saying is. What's your impression of the Patriots right now and Bill Belichick, a coach we grew up loving, but right now is really down bad. Um. Well, I do have. Uh, I was at practice today, and I can tell you what Bill Belichick said today uh, that was really interesting. You were at practice today. Yeah. For the yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, I wasn't actually at practice today. I'm just being silly. But this is something Belichick's allegedly, according to NBC News, said today. Now, his, um, uh, you know, Bill O'Brien, his offensive coordinator, how crazy that he has one this year. Last year, they didn't have one. But um, his offensive coordinator um, talked about Malik Cunningham and said that um, he's one of the team's most improved players. And today, now Malik Cunningham is on the, he's 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 on the, what's the, um, What's the roster where the you're on the team? Squad. He's on the practice squad, yeah. So, so why, why Bill O'Brien this week talked about someone on the practice squad? I have no idea. You're the offensive coordinator. You have a quarterback troubles. You're not having any success. And then today, Belichick backed that up by saying Cunningham is definitely trending toward getting a chance to see game action. I lo- <laughs> can I tell you? I love that. Do you know what I said on the show like Monday or Tuesday? No. Oh, I said if you're going to lose – you might as well make Malik Cunningham the quarterback. It's the most fun way to tank I could possibly imagine. He can run. He's athletic. He's going to be – Mac Jones is boring as hell to watch. Bailey Zappi is just a, a worse version of Mac Jones. The practice squad quarterback, Malik Cunningham, might be a disaster, but at least he can run. It'd be exciting to watch. And if he's terrible, you can draft someone like Caleb Williams. I thought if you're going to tank – I had this weird – I made a video literally called, like, my the most fun bad idea I've ever had, talking about – Dude, they should play Malik Cunningham. Why not? What do you have to lose? You're one and four. Your season's over. Mac Jones looks awful. Do something creative. Have fun with it. And if it goes terribly, you can just draft a new quarterback next year. I can't believe they said that. I didn't know that. And I floated that idea on Monday. That's hilarious and amazing. Well, they said it after Monday. So I suspect that they were probably listening to Strong Opinion Sports for help. Gotta be. Uh, But I don't think Malik Cunningham (laughs) would do that bad. I I think he has a shot at doing well. Um, who's the big, tall quarterback that um, uh, Bill Belichick was so happy to get that ran around? Um, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. He seemed, Bill Belichick seemed like out of his mind happy to get Cam Newton, and Bill Belichick's not happy about anything. He gets his favorite meal and grunts at it. Um, and so I think it was really – I think he would love to Wait, have someone – Wait, we passed over that. He gets his favorite meal and he grunts at it. <laughs> <laughs> you just, just throw him out there. Like you pass right by that – it's so funny to me. <laughs> Bill Belichick wouldn't know joy if it hit him in the face. 
Yet here he was. He was almost dancing, talking about how Cam Newton was going to do. And even when he did do bad, he was like defending him. It's like, you don't defend quarterbacks. You hate quarterbacks. You hate quarterbacks so bad you won't give them offensive coordinators. You, you know where that comes from? He's a defensive head coach, a guy who loves defense and understands the challenges of defending a quarterback who can run. He realizes that having a quarterback who can move expands so much of your offense that allows for so many more possibilities. That Mac Jones, who's a, Mac Jones is a limited passer who's making bad decisions, what does he bring to the table? I have no idea. If you're going to have a quarterback who sucks at throwing and make ba- makes bad decisions, at least get a guy who can run. Do something. Okay, let's do this. Let's, let's stay in the um, AFC East, and let's put uh, Mac Jones on the Dolphins as their starting quarterback. How much better is he? You would think he'd do well, but I, I look at the, the people they have in New England right now. They've got Kendrick Bourne, a good receiver. They've got uh, DeMario Douglas, a good rookie. They've got two good tight ends. Mike Gusecki is like a guy who go gets, goes and gets jump balls. Like Theoretically, on paper, the Patriots have enough talent to do something successful. Um, I guess if you crumple the paper and then try to sprinkle it out <laughs> and look at it. But I don't see that at all because the difference between – um, New England as an organization for Mac Jones and Miami's organization is you said it. How does Bill Belichick see the world? He knows how a running quarterback would really screw up the defense. Defensive quarterbacks are dinosaurs that sh- I mean, defensive, defensive coaches. head coaches are dinosaurs that sh- are not going to work in the current, the new for a couple of years. Things change every five, 10 years. But the current NFL, there's no room for them. They see the world it, the exact wrong way to succeed. Um I, I was meeting with a client yesterday, and they've got this new person that's going to somehow dictate social media, and we've been doing posts for the client on LinkedIn, and this person doesn't want to do LinkedIn. They think those are dumb to do posts on LinkedIn, and it, it just like you see the world. But finally, I said, do you even understand marketing uh, in the meeting? Like, I thought they were just going to say, go away, but like I was ready to tell them to go away, and I think Belichick doesn't see the world in a way that's helpful to Mac Jones, whereas I think Miami has a head coach that would be – I'm not saying Mac Jones would be like Tua by any stretch of the imagination, but I think Mac Jones would be way better if he was with an offensive-minded coach that valued offensive players and valued quarterbacks and would design sneaky special plays and nurture him and encouraging him and give him oo-boo-boo-boos and make him feel good. He's emotionally destroyed, Mac Jones. He's not going to – he's been wrecked. You know, he's like he's like the dog that's been beat. That's why he's not succeeding. It's not the players around him. It's the person whispering um, hateful messages into his ear. I think, well, I got a couple things to say. Number one, I, I do imagine Mac Jones throwing to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell with a good running game. And now Chase Claypool, the good players they have in Miami. It's hard to imagine a quarterback not going to Miami doing well and doing better than they're doing currently. But the thing you said that's huge, the thing in Miami that I think gets overlooked so much is the coach there is he doesn't Mike McDaniel's my favorite coach in the NFL because he doesn't talk down to his players he talks to them on an equal level and he brought Tua in and instilled confidence in him said I believe in you kid here's what you do well here's what we're going to do to get this out of you and the way he talks to Tua is so cool and so confidence inspiring and I think that's the most underrated quality in any coach is that your job is to not only put your players in a position to succeed as far as calling the right plays but also giving them the confidence to do well and giving them the belief that they can do well. And certainly it doesn't seem like what's happened in New England has given Mac Jones confidence in himself, which is it's a problem. And you would definitely get that in Miami. We opened this segment asking about Belichick, and he's done. He's done. It's time for him to go. Uh, he was, he had brought a lot of good things to the table. He probably, the defense was probably way better than we understood. Then Brady was way more of duct tape than we understood. Uh, 10 years later, I'd love you to have you look at game film and analyze them. Why did they really succeed? Um, 
I think Brady was way more than people realized and probably the defense, but it's, it, it all, that ship has sailed is over. Um, and I sure as hope, sure as heck hope that Caleb Williams does not end up there. That would be terrible. Um, that would be almost as bad as him ending up at the Arizona Cardinals who are fighting really hard to get Caleb Williams right now. Um, cause both those organizations, not the organization of the Patriots, Patriots may not have a good organization, but they need to get a new head coach and then maybe actually get a GM, um, instead of having, you know, Belichick do all of it, but, but he's done. He, he, he did a great job. He's a great guy. He belongs in the hall of fame and the ball game's over. They need to fire him. I would fire him now and move on. I don't know what the heck Kraft is waiting for. Um, I guess he likes the song glory days by Bruce Springsteen. Well, I think it's respect, right? Like respect I, I, for the fans, the current uh, players, or who? no, no. But hear me out. I mean, when you win six Super Bowls, or when you're Nick Saban or Bill Belichick, I think you, right or wrong, the belief is you get to walk away on your own terms, and hopefully, you walk away before it gets so bad we have to fire you. And we might be approaching that territory. But I, I, I think Robert Kraft is old. He, I don't, I don't think he has another Super Bowl in him. Like, even if they hire a new coach, are they going to win another Super Bowl in the next five years? And I think that he I, – I understand the reluctance to fire the guy who won you six Super Bowls. If anyone gets to lose for years, can we agree it is Bill Belichick? If anyone gets the longest leash in NFL history, it is the guy who won six Super Bowls in New England. Can we at least agree on that? I think I've just gotten older, more mercenary, and less taller and a BS. And yeah. if you're not performing over time – like I have heart for people that struggle and will build you up and et cetera. But if over time you're not performing, then it's time for you to go. Or, or change something. Yeah. And no, I mean, Pups, I agree, by the way. Belichick's also not changing anything. I don't see any evidence that he's changing anything. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also agree that I think driving the culture for years was Brady. Like, I think Belichick set the tone, but it didn't work without Brady. Cle- I mean, it clearly didn't work without Brady, but saying, you know, I'm going to do exactly what Belichick says, and when you have the number one quarterback in the NFL, or at least whatever Brady was, falling in line— Everyone else followed along suit, and they just don't have that. That's what they need, really, with someone else to set the tone and a player to. Um, it just it clearly didn't work with that Brady. Um, yeah. I want to talk about Russell Wilson and Sean Payton because I had high hopes and expectations when Russ got traded for in Denver. I'm like, okay, finally. Denver was a team for years that had good players, a good defense, but never the right quarterback. You know, Jill Flacco, Case Keenum. They brought in Russ last year. I was like, it's going to be awesome, and it was a disaster. But then we blamed the coach. We said Nathaniel Hackett was a garbage head coach. He's fired. He's out. Now Russell Wilson has Sean Payton, the guy who theoretically got Drew Brees to the Hall of Fame, and it's still not working. What do you make of that situation? Um, I think that if you're a Russell Wilson fan, you better enjoy it because he's done. This is his last <laughs> season as a starting quarterback. If well, what he, do you um, do? Well, go, let me ask first. You say that, but what do you do with his contract? Because you let him financially, go. You, would, you have you, to let him go. If, yeah. if he's on, there's a, I don't know, I'd have to call uh, my friend Adam Schefter and find out exactly, but there is a, no, I don't really know Adam either, but I forget the exact details, but I heard it recently. If he's on the payroll or on the roster at some point next year, then his 2024 contract becomes fully guaranteed and yeah. you can't afford that. So they, so faced with that, they are going to just cut him, bite the bullet, eat a big expense, um, and recruit a good quarterback. And I think that, um, Sean Payton is uh, old and cranky like me, I think, and he is not going to put up with the nonsense. He'd rather have his own young quarterback and build his own thing. And I think he's reached a point in his head, if he hasn't already, you know, after last night, well, hey, I did all I could. He doesn't have what it takes. I'm ready to move on and get a good quarterback. I'm not going to go down uh, and not be proven a winner with this. 
Sean Payton cares mm-hmm. too much about his career. He's too much of a fighter. So I think whether the, I, I don't, I think they they may or may not keep him this year, but he won't be on the roster next year. You pay He's the too price expensive to and too ineffective. Yeah, there there was a play fourth and three on was that game that was last night. I guess that's crazy. That was already last night. There was a play fourth and three where Russell Wilson had a guy open at the sticks for a first down and didn't pull a trigger. And you're like, what what are you looking at, Russ? I don't I don't understand. And I, in fact, I almost think his mobility is kind of hurting him where. He's got guys open, isn't pulling the trigger, then is extending plays. And it's like he's not the great athlete he used to be. He's running fairly well this year, but I think his, actually his, his lack of pulling the trigger on stuff that's open because he's wanting to extend plays to get out of the pocket is hurting him. At this point right now, I think Kirk Cousins would be a massive upgrade over Russell Wilson. Like I think Kirk Cousins running the system with, that Sean Bates calling would work. Would you make that move if you're – because we think Kirk – it seems very clear Kirk Cousins is going to be a free agent after this year. Maybe they trade for him. I doubt that. He's only got one year left on his contract. So after this year in 2024, Kirk will be a free agent. Could Denver go make a move at Kirk Cousins? Would that make sense to you? No, there's no way Peyton's, Peyton's going to want his own quarterback that he can mold and train and teach and not mm-hmm. have to unteach as much. And Kirk Cousins, you have to, to fit into Peyton's world, you'd have to unteach him as much as you'd have to teach him. Yeah. There's four or five quarterbacks that, uh, that are going to be drafted next year in the first round that are all going to be good. And um, Sean Payton doesn't need a great quarterback. He needs a good quarterback that's a fighter and has the kind of mentality that Drew Brees had. You know, part of the magic of what Drew Brees had is I don't anyone ever saying Drew Brees was the best quarterback ever, but he had this fighters, I'm not going to quit, I'm not going to back down, I go-getter mindset, go-getter mentality. And I think that's something that, Drew Brees, uh, that Sean Payton's going to find in a young quarterback. You know who I think would fit really well in Denver is the quarterback at Washington, Michael Penix Jr., He's the guy who's not going to be the first pick. It's going to be Caleb Williams, probably uh, Cam Ward, Drake May. I think you can get Penix Jr. like at the anywhere from the eighth to the fifteenth pick, something like that. And he would run, I think, Sean's Payton system very well and would fit exactly what you're saying. And there are throws where Russell Wilson has guys open, isn't pulling the trigger. That I watch every weekend. The quarterback at Washington, Michael Penix Jr., makes those throws. So like that's he's getting the ball out of his hands quickly. He's not holding on the ball forever. Um, that's that's I you I don't know how this happened, but you you set me on this path now. I think Michael Bennett Jr. would fit really well in Denver, and that's a guy that as far as as good as the Broncos are going to be, where they're going to fall in the draft, it's actually achievable for them to draft him, and that's really I, I don't know it's interesting to me. Well, they're going to have to watch out, though, because my sources tell me the Seahawks are looking to draft Michael Penix Jr. because they watch him up close and talk about good for fan base and ticket sales. And, of course, you don't draft a quarterback for ticket sales. But you know, having lived in Northwest, how rabid um, Seahawks fans and Husky fans are often the same fan, and they yeah. would love to get him. Um, and I don't think the Seahawks are going to keep um, – uh, I'm drawing a blank on their quarterback. Geno Smith. Uh, Geno Smith. I don't think they're going to keep him this after this year. Not if they can get Michael Penix Jr., well, the problem is, though, just where you land in the draft. They'd probably have to trade up. I think the Seahawks are too good for Michael Penix Jr. to fall to them in the draft. They'd have to trade up or make a move to go get him, which maybe they do. But yep. um, how about you have something on the Cowboys. Talk, talk to me about the Cowboys, man. Okay. They're 3-2. and two. Yep. They're fine. They're average. Yeah. So uh, they play the Chargers next. Are they going to win the ch- win or lose with the Chargers? Just your quick thought, quick, quick. I, quick I think the Chargers win, but I hesitate because the Chargers are so dysfunctional. <laughs> okay, so uh, so then they are uh, three and three. But let's say let's say that they win. Let's just go with that to give them sure. the benefit of the doubt. They're sure. four and two. They're going to win or lose to the Rams. They're going to win. So they're five and two. Yep. Uh, Eagles. They're going to win or lose. Lose. Five and three. Uh, Giants win. 
Six and three. Uh, Panthers. Win. Seven and three. Everybody's having parades. They're excited. They're fantastic. The, we are in the Super Bowl, baby. Everything is great. Dak Prescott, our bad quarterback, isn't bad at all. Our offensive, uh, our, foot, our head coach, who's bad, isn't bad at all. It's a miracle. And then here's where the wheels come off. They're going to, Commanders, you think they're going to win or lose? I think they lose. Or sorry, yeah, I think they I win. Do too. I, I, no, you do. I think they win. I think they win, but okay, you disagree. Interesting. Okay, but so I'm seven and four. You're um, you're eight and three. Uh, they're gonna uh, they play uh, Seattle next. They're gonna win or lose. They lose. It's a Thursday night game in Dallas. Yeah, they lose. They, I think they lose too. So now you're eight and four. I'm seven and five. They're gonna play the Eagles. They lose. Okay, so I am seven and six. You're eight and five. They play the Bills. They lose. They lose. So I'm seven and seven. You're eight and six. They play the Dolphins. They lose. Yep, they lose. So I'm eight and seven. You are. Uh, I'm. I'm a. Uh, I'm. Excuse me. I'm uh, seven and eight. You're eight and seven. They play the Lions. Oh my God! They lose again. Wow! I didn't. Yeah, they yeah. It's, so now. So now it's. Um, I have seven to nine. You have them eight and eight, and they finish out playing the Commanders, a meaningless game that no one, no one knows it where it's going to be. Not where it's going to be, but like on TV or. So anything. let's say they win that game. What would that? They'd be what ten and seven. Uh, they would be eight? according to you nine and eight. According to me, they would be eight and nine. If that happens, I say I don't. I feel so uncomfortable proposing that idea, but that does feel realistic, which is wild. Right. And, and then, and then, so, and then if that, if they have that kind of record, then they might miss the playoffs, which would be so terrible for me. Because you remember who I used to like to hate before Aaron Rodgers came into my radar? The Dallas Cowboys. Exactly. Because their fans <laughs> are so arrogant and awful and like, we won a Super Bowl 37 years ago. Oh, this is our year. Did you watch no, that not. Sunday night game against San Francisco? They gave up. It was so fun. I, I, if anyone, I wanted that to be close. I was disappointed it wasn't a close game. But I'm so glad it was the Cowboys taking that beat down. That was awesome. So my disappointment with the record I came up with and the record you came up with is they might miss the playoffs because I would love for them to get in the playoffs to give their fans again more false hope, fool's gold, and <laughs> so that they can get beat in the first game of the playoffs because they won't win a playoff game. No. They don't have the intestinal <clears throat> fortitude to win a playoffs game. I don't know why there's no fight in this team, but there's not. It's just not there. There's just they don't have it. They just don't have it. And so, but if if but they're going to be nine and eight, eight and nine. They're not going to get good draft picks. They're they're just middle of the road mediocre. And everyone's going to be. And I hope you notice both of us. You had them at eight and three. I had them at seven and four. Uh, very soon in a one, two, three, four, five, six games. So six games from now, um, the middle of November, everyone's like, oh my goodness. And then it's just going to crater from then on because they're not going to beat the Eagles. They're not going to beat the Bills. They're not going to beat the Lions. It's not going to happen. Yeah, Bills, Lions, Miami, Dolphins. Yeah, it's Eagles. That's rough. Uh, yeah, man, that's crazy. I didn't I, – I, that, that reality is hitting me. And uh... – you're right. It would be more fun if they made a playoff game so you could watch them lose. And then they have false hope. Like, we got to keep the band together. Like, I, what's, what sucks is if this team misses the playoffs, they're probably going to make changes, which is uh, what they need to do. It might be the wake-up call they need. But what if – there's wait, no wait, way – if they go 8-9, there's no way they keep Dak and Mike McCarthy, right? It doesn't matter because hmm. it, the person replacing them is the person that put them there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The owner's the problem. Yeah, the Cowboys are only one death away from a good team. Oh, man. Yeah. It's so sad. 
Like the I I I said this the other day on the show. I think the worst contract in the NFL. I, I think Russell Wilson's up there, but Dak Prescott's horrifying. It's like the the amount of money they've given him. They're kind of stuck with him. I don't know if you realize like they're, the way the contract works out for them. They don't save any more money. They they literally don't save money by cutting him. It costs them more to cut him than it does to keep him. And they're still stuck with him probably for another year or two financially, unless they Jerry Jones wants to like just really, really, I think, hurt himself financially. It's just the amount of money they still owe him is, is really insane. Um, I don't know, man. And, I, Jerry, I really... and there was a point when the Raiders, you know, they had an incredible owner who changed football and did a lot of good things, just win, baby. And then he lost his mind, and they it got to a point where they needed him to die to become any have any hope of viability. And I think Jerry Jones just doesn't have he's, – he's not a good GM. And the fact that he doesn't want to put Jimmy Johnson in the ring of fire, that came out in the past couple weeks. I don't know if you saw that interview. No. He went on some podcast, and he doesn't want to acknowledge <sighs> Jimmy Johnson for the ring of fire. I mean that's, that's just not good business sense. I just don't think he has good, good football sense. Um, and I'm not saying Jerome's isn't a great business person to make a gazillion dollars, but I just don't think he has good football sense. And I think he per- fell in love with the person of Dak Prescott. I bet in a party, Jack, Jack Prescott is compelling and enjoyable and nice and wonderful, and you want him to marry your daughter and all that. I bet that's all true, but that doesn't necessarily make you a good quarterback. But Jerry likes, and he likes people he can control. That's why he wanted Mike McCarthy, because it's someone he can control, and Jerry can feel emotionally safe with people weaker than him. So I just don't think anything good is going to happen until Jerry steps aside or passes away, which is tragic. Um, but I, I hope that they I, – I think it would be great if they fired Mike McCarthy and um, got rid of Dak Prescott next year and started over with Jerry Jones picking new widgets because he'll pick the same bad widgets he picked before and we'll have more ongoing agony for arrogant Cowboys fans, which I would appreciate. Have you heard the rumor about US, – you're a USC fan. Yes. Caleb Williams, USC quarterback – there's a rumor he's listed five teams he would play for next year in the NFL, and if he can't play for one of those five teams, he would stay in college, which financially makes a lot of sense. Do you want to hear the five teams that are ru- the rumor? Yes. Dallas, Las Vegas, the Minnesota Vikings, the New York Giants, and the 49ers. So the 49ers aren't going to happen. Uh, potentially the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Vikings, and the Giants. I, the Cowboys aren't going to have the number one pick to draft him, but I understand where he's coming from. I think financially it makes sense for him to go to Dallas. The amount of money he would make, the, the benefit that would happen there. Is this a red flag? This I, I don't think it is, but a lot of people, I hear the argument, I can't believe an NFL quarterback would say he'd only play for these five teams or he'd stay in college. It's a red flag. you got to avoid that guy. I think those guys are wrong, but what's your reaction, first of all, to the list and then when you hear the teams on the list? Well, my reaction is a little bit of a tangent. Um, yeah. But I think NIL has positively changed college football and has a bigger impact on the NFL than people realize because you get a quarterback who is in his junior year who's okay, and if he comes out now, he'll be a fourth or fifth-round pick and sit on the sideline and hold a clipboard. But he can make more money on NIL playing next year and being a senior and might elevate his stock, and players that play more – become better in the NFL. So then the next year that guy plays, he rises up. Now he's drafted in the second round. Now the NFL has a better starter. Whereas yeah. the NBA, if you show any any good at all in college, boom, you're gone. Uh, I think NIL is making it much more possible for players to hang around. And it gives players power. And I wouldn't be afraid of someone at all. I think it's very wise not to go to crappy teams. Now, I thought Caleb Williams was much smarter than to go to Dallas, but maybe he doesn't enjoy football. Um, but maybe he just likes losing, which would be fine. Then he should go to Dallas because until Jerry passes on, they're never going to be beyond mediocre. Hmm. 
Well, I, I, I think I, that, I feel terrible saying that. Jerry Jones has done great things for the NFL. But yeah. show me the success over the past 30 years. Well, I show think the me. one thing you're missing in this rumor is Dallas is the – like it or not, the three biggest brands in football are the Steelers, the Packers, and the Cowboys. Yep. So financially, Caleb Williams on the Dallas Cowboys would print money. Also, he is a good quarterback, and I think I think he believes he could win in Dallas given the players they have there. We right or wrong, I think if he he sees himself as I could do what Dak can't, and that that's probably true. So it, I, is, it is probably true. I just don't know if you can overcome all, everything else. Sure, uh, but I want Caleb Williams to succeed. Yeah, I, I. We've seen a lot of, like Bo Nix, for example, Michael Penix Jr. are two quarterbacks, Oregon quarterback and Washington's quarterback, who stayed in college another year, making a lot of money in the NIL, and they're going to be better quarterbacks when they go to the NFL now because they stayed one more year. There's no incentive to leave college early. What we haven't seen is a guy like Caleb Williams, who is ready for the NFL, I think would make the majority of NFL teams better by leaving the NFL, leaving USC after this year and going to the NFL in the 2024 draft, but might stay because it doesn't make sense for him from a circumstance perspective and financial perspective. That's the one we haven't seen yet and didn't see coming. I think for the most part, the NIL is giving the NFL better quarterbacks. What we haven't seen is it might keep quarterbacks out of the NFL, which is kind of fascinating to me. Well, it makes, teams need to start recruiting tastefully mm-hmm. and wooing them. Um, yeah. Do you think, speaking of NL, is Shadur Sanders going to come out this year or not? No, 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 no. Yeah, he'll play next year for Colorado, you think? Definitely. Yeah. Win the he's, Big 12. he's a sophomore. He could play two, two, three more years. Yeah, I think after next year he'll be done. Um, but he's going to make more money. In, he's going to make a ton of money in NIL next year, and he's going to be just fine. Um, but I think that's going to impact. That NIL is going to have to impact. I think the NFL is going to end up getting better quarterbacks that they're going to have to woo. It's going to have to require franchises to look organized, hire coaches that will help them, do little things that would attract a player to want to come play there. Like Chicago right now is not a place I would want to go play. This doesn't seem like an attractive place for a young quarterback to go, given the way they've treated Justin Fields, given they've got a defensive head coach. If you're Caleb Williams, who is going to be the number one pick, why would you want to go to somewhere that has a defensive head coach and in the last couple of years has not supported young quarterbacks and made them look good or successful? Yep. Um, I, can we talk? I, I'm curious who you think is going to win the Super Bowl. Who's your favorite right now today? Well, here's what matters for the playoffs for the AFC. You want my AFC teams that matter for the playoffs? Sure. The Dolphins and Bills are going to vie for who's going to win the AFC East. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dolphins are way better than the Bills, but the Dolphins, the, I don't know how they're going to do in snow and cold weather because they are built, uh, I think that they remind me of the old school St. Louis Rams when they ran indoors, and it was the amazing, you know, Kurt, uh, whatever his name was. and Kurt Warner. Was it, yeah, Kurt Warner and all that impressive stuff. They kind of remind me of that, and so I'll be curious to go ahead. Do you remember when I played a high school football game in Wenatchee, Washington? Yeah, and cold it was, as heck. It was cold as heck. It was like throwing a brick, and we had – I had a bunch of yards passing, but my receivers literally couldn't catch the ball. My point yep. is throwing the ball in Buffalo in January – their offense isn't built, I don't think, to succeed in Buffalo in January. So where I'll push back on you, though, is if they get the number one seed or can control their destiny, play every game at home, it won't matter. Maybe, which, which would be fun. I would love to see the, uh, the um, Dolphins be the team that loses to the uh, NFC in the Super Bowl. That would be great. Um, but I think the teams that matter are going to be the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Chiefs. They're going to be the playoff teams yep. that matter. And then my dark horses for doing well in the playoffs in the FC are the Bengals and the Jaguars. Hmm. You can get Jaguars Burrow, get better and, and figure yeah, it out. Joe Burrow finally looked good last week. Yeah. 
And the one thing that him looking good gives his team that very few quarterbacks give their team is intense hope and belief. They're like, we got it, we got it, we, and then they will play harder for Joe Burrow. I don't believe one. I don't. I just do not believe that any of the Cowboys play harder because they respect Dak and they feel good about Dak. But I believe that if Joe Burrow is winning and they think they have a shot, I think the Bengals are going to, the players are going to rally around him and fight really hard. And then the, the Jaguars. I mean, they've got a coach that has made it happen in the past. And they've got a coach, an offensive minded coach that knows how to work with quarterbacks. And they've got Mr. Haircut Boy that does a really good job at quarterback. They could be like the Giants when the Giants went nine and seven and won multiple Super Bowls. That you kind of yes. come out of nowhere, you get hot at the end, you figure stuff out. You play a Kansas City team with weaker receivers. You do stuff right here and there, and, and win a couple tough games here in the Super Bowl. Bang, just like that. But the Bills are not going to make it to the Super Bowl. They if they, they will make it to the playoffs because they are going to you know either get the wild card or win the AFC East. <clears> but then they will lose the first or second round of the playoffs. They just don't have they just don't have it in my opinion. Um, but but then so that's on the on the AFC side and then on the NFC side for the playoffs uh, the teams that matter are the 49ers, the Eagles, the Lions, and the Seahawks are my dark horse. You realize if the Lions win this weekend and beat Tampa, they're five and one. Not incredible. That's so. My entire life, they've been awful. Not just yep. bad, awful. And it's really cool to see. I guess they had a year where they made the playoffs of Matthew Stafford, but they. I, I have hope they could win a playoff game for the first time in years. It's really cool. And I think the Super Bowl is going to either be the 49ers, the Eagles, or the Lions. It just depends on who they have to play in the NFC Championship. Uh, it mm. just. I just think how that who plays who in the NFC Championship is going to make a big determination on who wins. Um, the 49ers are a complete team. Brock Purdy is uh, is a great quarterback, and people can say, well, put him on a bad team, he'd do terrible. Put any quarterback on a bad team, he'd do terrible. But you put uh, – there's been a lot of quarterbacks on this team that haven't done well. So I think Purdy is better than people are allowing him to be. But I don't care if he's good or not. He's good on this team. He's making it happen. Uh, but the Eagles, you know, they have got Jalen Hurts. And he, you, as you have shared many times, he's committed to growing and getting better. And they haven't played very good football this year. And they still have a great record. Five games in, I don't think they played a game that I'm – I think, oh, yeah, they were, they're killing it. They're on fire, but they're still winning. And so when they get with the firing on cylinders and you get Jalen Hurts playing the 49ers for the Super Bowl, if that's how that shakes out, that would be amazing. But 49ers, Eagles, I mean, 49ers, Lions, or Eagles, Lions, I don't know, man. That, that They're crazy coats at the Lions. That would be quite the game to see. I bet he could motivate the heck out of his team to just punch the 49ers or Eagles in the head. Yeah, that'd be, I don't think they'd win, but they'd, they'd give it a hell of a fight. I agree, but they could is the thing. Yeah. They could they win. They believe they could. Yes, and, and they could win, and they believe they could, and that matters when you get into the third quarter at the end of the season everybody's tired. Then which team digs more you know, into their heart and their soul to gut it out? And uh, I just want – just, that's just very interesting. Uh, but can then, I, then can the I say something on, can I say something yeah. on Philly? Philly's 5-0. and oh, They haven't really played great yet. No. And I don't know if, whether you know – the audience may, may or may not know this – they have a new offensive coordinator and a new defensive coordinator. Jonathan Gannon left to be the Cardinals head coach. Shane Steichen left to be the head coach in Indy. So they're breaking in new coordinators, learning how to play together for the first time, and they're still 5-0. and Like, it's once they get going towards the end of the year, as they get hot and start really firing on all cylinders, that's a terrifying thought. 
And I predicted this on your show and in conversation you had privately, you know, on the phone over the course of the um, the, se- uh, the you know the summer when there was no football, is that the Eagles were going to do great. And I thought they were one of the few teams could actually not be hit by a Super Bowl hangover because of Jalen Hurts and his tenacity. And I said, told you, there's no way that these new offensive and defensive coordinators are going to slow them down. And I was right. And I really think everything springs from the incredible warrior heart of Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And yeah. their head coach. Their head coach yeah. is really good. Dude, I, I remember when he like first got the job and he was giving these like awkward, sweaty interviews <laughs> and I was making fun of him and wow did he do so well. He really um he gained my respect, man. He really is awesome. And uh I'm I'm curious, can we talk about Brock Purdy a little bit deeper? Because yeah. I think because Brock Purdy's on a great team, people really struggle to give him praise. Um and also because of the way Brock Purdy's built as a quarterback. You know, he's not Josh Allen, he's not six foot five. He's not physically imposing. He's not running people over. He's not running for 40 yards at a time. He doesn't have a cannon for an arm. I think we look at Purdy and don't see the measurables we often see in quarterbacks. But what I see when I watch Brock Purdy is a guy who is insanely calm when the pressure is on. It's it's very rare. I think that's the hardest thing maybe to measure when it comes to, you know, judging a quarterback when they're coming out of the draft is how are they going to handle the bright lights? How are they going to handle the big moment, game on the line, fourth quarter, couple million people watching, 80,000 people in attendance. And he, in that moment, Brock Purdy is cool as a cucumber. Like he really is, he's actually seems to be enjoying it and plays well. On top of that, he processes the game incredibly quick. He's accurate. He makes good decisions. And Brock Purdy's aware of what he does well. He knows I'm not Josh Allen. I'm not Patrick Mahomes. So I have to be really, really detailed and do everything that I can control at an incredibly high level. So because of the way Brock Purdy's built as a quarterback, we struggle to give him praise. But the reality is, I think on another team, he'd still be incredibly successful. I don't think he happens on another team. I think that his rise to become what he is now would not have happened without the 49ers' help around him, the circumstances of it all. Like, I don't think if he was drafted by the Patriots last year, he we'd ever even know who he is. No one would talk about him. But where he is right now today, if you take him out of Brock Purdy six weeks into this NFL season, pluck him out of the 49ers and put him in Miami, put him in Tampa, put him in Minnesota, I think he'd do very well because the things he does well are he's accurate, He's precise. He's a great decision maker. He handles big moments really well. Those are traits that are applicable and every quarterback needs that he does incredibly well. Am I making sense here? I think he's no different than Tom Brady. Tom Brady had been drafted by a lot of other teams back in his day. He would have never seen the field. He kind of almost got in by a fluke. But after he played for two or three years, everyone knew Tom Brady's the man. And you could have moved him to any other team, moved him to the Buccaneers for goodness sakes, and he won another Super Bowl with the Buccaneers who weren't that great a team. So I think he's exactly like he's he's we're seeing Tom Brady all over again, uh, the right place at the right moment. And he had everything it takes and he got it to shine. And now he would do great. And I think he would do really well at Miami because, like you said, he, you have to be a very smart quarterback. Mac Jones would be better at Miami than he is. But I don't think Mac Jones could really fire in all cylinders at Miami. I just don't get the sense he has the processing speed. Um, upstairs, but I think that Brock Purdy has a processing speed upstairs to do incredible at Miami. I think if you put Dak at Miami or um, Brock Purdy at Miami, Dak no way would do as well as Brock Purdy because I don't get the sense that Dak Jones understands football and the rules and the movements and all the nonsense that they do. Yeah, I mean Dak Prescott because they do an incredibly complicated offense in Miami. Yeah, all that, all that Mac, all these names. Yeah, sorry. All that no, no, pre movement, all that pre movement stuff they do at Miami, pre snap movement, and then everything they're doing, it's like a ballet to get their um, their receivers open. That's a lot of processing. That's a lot of memorization, and it takes a year or two to learn that. 
Um, so I think I think you're right. Purdy would do great just about anywhere now that has that has a good system. That's a good like he would do terrible at Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh is not a place to go if you want to be a quarterback. Who would do well in Pittsburgh right now? You know what I mean? Like that's I hate that whole argument. Oh, you put him on a bad team, he'd suck. It's like yeah. So would Aaron Rodgers. So would Tom Brady. Any quarterback goes to a bad team, they're not going to be great. I, I think actually the only quarterback I can imagine who could go to a bad team and make it work is probably Patrick Mahomes. And, and maybe Joe Burrow did that early on in Cincinnati, right? Like that. That's yep. it. Oh, and Andrew Luck. There's not a lot of those guys running around just willy-nilly. I, you know, I think the, about the only person I can think of that would do well at Pittsburgh, and uh, Kenny Pickett, I like. I like him, but I think he's getting worse because he doesn't have an offensive head coach nurturing him. But yeah. I think someone that has some kind of internal density where it almost doesn't matter that could do well at um, Pittsburgh would be Justin Herbert. Mm. He like almost doesn't care. He's just like, I don't care. I'm just going to succeed anyways. Yeah. yeah, make it work. He kind of uh. like... And it's just interesting. And I'm not saying he's a great quarterback, but I think he has some kind of density where the mess just kind of doesn't get to his head. Yeah, well, the mess in... LA with the Chargers doesn't seem to affect him at all. He just every week balls out, does a great job, and they're dysfunctional and can't play defense. And he's like, I'm still going to throw for 500 yards and have 35 points on the board. Like, you may not do your job, but I'll do mine every week. Yeah, exactly. So he's about the only one I think would do good in Pittsburgh. And I, huh. I have uh, dear friends that love Pittsburgh. Um, you know, Devin does uh, the um, Here We Go show, and I love Devin. Uh, shout out to Devin who talks about Pittsburgh Steelers. For his sake, I would love to see Pittsburgh do well. But I think at this point, they are one head coach away from being a good team. Once again, got to take a break. I need to pay for food. Got to pay for a place to live. My name is Zach. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, uh, it's kind of a big deal here. I'm actually trying to help you, so don't skip the ad. I know that when you listen to a podcast, you skip ahead. I know that because that's what I do, but don't skip this one. We got Factor as a sponsor, and I was sitting down to prepare my little ad read. They give, you know, I, I write a piece of paper with a bunch of notes, and I'm like, okay, what are they offering? What's the deal here? Usually it's like 10 to 20%. You're like, okay, factor.com slash SOS, whatever. And uh, no, 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 they are offering 50% off to Strong Opinion Sports listeners. And here's what they are. They are, Factor is a meal kit service. You can get 50% off. Go to factormeals.com slash SOS50 and use code SOS50 and uh, straight up on a human level. You'd be kind of silly not to investigate. It's a great deal. Factor is a meal kit service. They send you ready-to-eat meals. Uh, they're easy to prepare. For me, they showed up in a box with a bunch of high-quality ice packs. You take them out of the box, you put the, the meal kits in the fridge, and when you want food, you go to the fridge, you take it out, you put the thing in the microwave, you heat it up, two minutes later, you've got a really good meal ready to go. Now, the microwave part made me kind of go, what is this? Is it a bunch of TV dinners? Like, what is this crap? No, 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 this is phenomenal food. It's high-quality, it's never frozen, and compared to all the other options you can have for a quick and easy meal, it kind of kicks booty and is phenomenal. So... What I really think is interesting, too, there's so many ways to customize your order, whether you are – maybe you're on a diet and you're like, hey, I'm trying to cut calories. There are low-calorie options. Or maybe you just want really good food that's easy to make and doesn't take 30 minutes to an hour out of your time cooking during the day. Like for me, I'm really busy with football season, and it's an incredibly valuable thing for me to go to my fridge, grab a really good meal, pull it out, put it in the microwave. Two minutes later, I've got a good meal ready to go. I saved a lot of time. It's cheaper for you and better than takeout or delivery. I used to drive for a delivery service. Guys, those prices are not good compared to this. Um, so, again, it's just nice to have the fridge loaded with high-quality, good meals that are easy to prepare. And you can get 50% off of this meal kit service. Do the math. That's a really good offer. So 
Head to factormeals.com slash SOS50 and use code SOS50 to get 50% off. That is factormeals.com slash SOS50. Use code SOS50 to get 50% off. Again, code SOS50 at factormeals.com slash SOS50 to get 50% off. And uh, guys, it's a great offer. You would be silly. I'm trying to help you. Like that would be a great thing to investigate because it's legitimately a great deal. Food's expensive right now. And having food that's great and convenient and not terrible for you is a rare thing. So investigate it, factorymeals.com slash SOS50. I got asked about Mike Tomlin yesterday's show. I talked about it a little bit. Um, when you look at Mike Tomlin, his credentials are he's got a Super Bowl win. I believe off the top of my head, his record is 173 wins, 103 losses, and two ties. I know he's got the two ties and 103 losses. He's got he's never he's in year 17, he's never had a losing season. I know that if I criticize Mike Tomlin, his record's going to get thrown back in my face. And it's just kind of like, I, I, you ever see, yesterday during the game, Andy Reid, there was a bad pass interference call. Andy Reid literally just went like, ugh, like, please, I don't, I don't care. I know that's what's going to happen, and I don't want to have that debate. But I would say Mike Tomlin is like a B-level coach. He's fine, does a good job, but he's not certainly at the same level of a Kyle Shanahan or Mike McDaniel. He's, he's a tier below them. He's a, a, B, a B-tier coach. What would you say to that? I say, here's what's worse for you that will get thrown at you that, that also drives all of this. He seems like a, just a great human being. I would love to have a beer with Mike Tomlin. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's, an, yeah, he's, he's like a, he's a guy a, to root for that I think I'd like to play for, like as a man. Like he, in yeah, the locker, exactly. he's got to be awesome. Yeah. So I, w- I would love to play for him, love to have a beer with him. I'd love to be in business with him. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to hang out with him. I mean, he is just a phenomenal human being. Like if I can get him to marry my daughter, oh, baby, yeah, that'd be great. I mean, does he have kids or is, does he have a son almost as good as him? You know, I, I, et cetera. Yeah, like a wonderful so, person. Wonderful person. But yeah. football has changed. He's a defensive minded head coach. And as much as I love him as a human being and respect his incredible record, there's going to be no more Super Bowls in Pittsburgh until they get a new head coach. That doesn't mean I don't love him, doesn't mean I don't respect his record, but that's my strong opinion. And, you know, if you're going to succeed in sports, you got to bring strong opinions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I'll take the heat. The critics can, you know, you love. You love it. I'm the one that said the horrible things about um, Mike Tomlin so people can hate me. And, and I love Devin. And I love Devin's show. And I, I cheer for the stupid Pittsburgh Steelers because of Devin. I want him to have success. You know, Devin to have success. And all of their legion of fans, uh, I, just, I just don't see it happening. Devin Engel, here we go, show. I love you, Devin. Um, with Pittsburgh, I think part of the, their culture, though, is one of we, – they've had, they've had like some really low – like four, three, six, like some insane low amount of coaches in their history of their franchise. They like having one coach for like 30 years. They, they do it till the guy dies or retires, and then they move on to the higher the next guy they'll have for the next 20 to 30 years. I think Pittsburgh culturally doesn't want to move off him because that's just not what they do. Right or wrong, I think they're wrong. But is that, I think that's playing a part here is that they just don't move on from coaches. Yep. Yep. Do um, you want to play a little game? Um, perhaps. It's called Purdy or Blank, and I'm oh, going to list sure. quarterbacks, and you would say, yeah. would you rather have Brock Purdy or this quarterback? And do we get to here now for the game? Yeah. Are the, are, are, is Purdy going to uh, be, is, have to go to their team, or are they going to come to the 49ers? It's a great question. Uh, how, how would you rather play it? That they go to the 49ers. Okay. Okay, interesting. So I've got 11 quarterbacks here. Okay. One of them is kind of a trick. I think there's 10 quarterbacks here that— I don't want to get it. Let's get, let's get into it. So would you rather Ryan Tannehill in the 49ers or Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy. Daniel Jones or Brock Purdy? For sure, Brock Purdy. 
Dak Prescott or Brock Purdy? For sure. We are. We just saw that. <laughs> For sure. Russell Wilson or Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy. Joe Burrow or Brock Purdy? Joe Burrow. That's a tough one. Did it even make you pause? No, because Joe no. Burrow is a better quarterback. And what Joe Burrow brings to the table that Brock Purdy has not shown me that he may have is that intense fighter. I'm going to make it happen. I am going to. And, I, and the players seem to love Brock Purdy on the 49ers. Yeah. But I think that as hard as they fight, they would fight even harder if Burrow was on there. Burrow's just elevated that much more, I think. And he's accomplished more. And I think that there's a, a moment, like you talked about earlier in the show, when the Bengals are down and, and they get Joe Burrow back and he's firing at all cylinders. They go, oh, as long as we take care of business, we're going to win. There's that confidence that comes with Joe Burrow. Yep. Um, but I, that's the only one on this list that I was like, mm, and I put it in there as like a trick. Uh, Justin Fields or Brock Purdy? Come on. Brock Purdy. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence or Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy. Two or the haircut. So you, Brock Purdy over Trevor Lawrence. I agree with you, by the way. Yeah, for sure. What about on the Jaguars? Brock Purdy or Trevor Lawrence? I would be uh, I would be hesitant to mess up the chemistry that Trevor Lawrence has um, with their head coach, uh, whose name escapes me. Um, so let's imagine you're starting a new a new organization, clean slate. You get to build around the quarterback. Would you rather have Brock Purdy or Trevor Lawrence? If I'm going to have really good players, I'd rather have Brock Purdy. <clears throat> Interesting. Tua or Brock Purdy? Where would you rather have in San Francisco? Um, Brock Purdy, because Tua's at risk for concussions I wouldn't have I wouldn't build around uh Tua I, I just wouldn't take that risk he's a great quarterback but yeah. one more concussion he's done and I just wouldn't do all that investment yeah uh Kirk Cousins or Brock Purdy oh Kirk Cousins is done Mac Jones or Brock Purdy Brock Purdy Mac Jones is poor guy he's yeah, been put yeah. through the Patriots grinder there's a reason for all this I swear and then Kyler Murray or Brock Purdy is Kyler Murray still in the NFL I thought he got benched <laughs> He technically he's getting paid, so I, I'd love to do what Kyler Murray's doing right now. Yeah, I don't know what happened with Kyler Murray in Arizona Cardinals, but I think he's done. Um, I don't know if he'll be on a team next year, playing at least playing as a starter. It'd be yeah. very interesting to see if he is. Here, here's one more out of left field. How about Baker Mayfield or Brock Purdy? Uh, Brock Purdy for sure. But how nice is it for the Cleveland Brown fans to see the success that Baker Mayfield is having? <laughs> <laughs> so here's my point, right? Like. Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Justin Fields, Tua, Trevor Lawrence, Kirk Cousins, Mac Jones, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield. Like anyone who's doubting Brock Purdy anymore, those are 11 quarterbacks. Easily, I would take Brock Purdy instead of them. I would rather have Brock Purdy than those 11 quarterbacks. And those are guys making tons of money that have been starting quarterbacks, some of these guys, for a long time. I don't know that Brock Purdy's a top 10 quarterback. I don't, I don't, I don't, like, how do you even measure that? It's so dumb to like this, this nebulous thing, but. Brock I know Purdy's... how I measure it. Okay. I measure top quarterbacks by are they playing well and a, a caveat I add, like when the NFL does their quarterback rankings every week, here's a ca- they leave out the most important caveat. Is their team winning? You can't tell me it's a great quarterback and have a losing team other than maybe Justin Herbert because he's so, he's so obviously a great quarterback. Here are... I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven quarterbacks. So Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy, and Lamar Jackson. I don't. I, I'm sure I'm leaving someone out, but those are like seven quarterbacks that I think all belong in the same conversation. And I know we hesitate to put Brock Purdy with those other names, but he's playing like that to me. And okay. I don't. Who else? Who am I missing, Dad? Like again, Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. 
maybe Rodgers. Um, you would disagree probably, but who, who else am I missing? Who is a great quarterback here that belongs maybe higher than Brock Purdy? Are you talking great now or great back in the day like Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> great now. So, so. Yeah, so Rodgers obviously is in the court. He's not even on the field. Sure. Um, yeah, so, 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 you know, my top four or five has to include Jalen Hurts, Patrick Holmes, Tua, and Brock Purdy. I don't know who, who five and six are. And I, I didn't rank them in any order, yeah. but I've got those as my top four. And then you pick, you can pick a number of different people to be top five. Yeah. Um, I think at I, minimum, I'm, Purdy's a top 10 quarterback easily. I, I, for me, he's a top five. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and I don't know if I put Josh Allen in my top five. I put Josh Allen in my top 10. Or if I put him in my top five, because I'm still, I'm, we're going to wait and see how he does the rest of the year. And I think Josh Allen needs an offensive um, quarterback. And they're going to have enough success this year based on the schedule that they're not going to change anything. And that's going to doom them to more mediocrity. Hmm. Do you want to talk about college football? We can a little. I want to talk about the Pac-12 because you and I, 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 I try to make this into a topic of the show, but it was more your idea. And I was like, I'll just wait till he's on the show. We can talk about it. <laughs> the idea of the Pac-2. You've got Washington State left and you've got Oregon State left. And the gist, correct me if I'm wrong, the gist of what you were saying to me the other day is that financially there's no benefit to Oregon State or Washington State joining the Mountain West. They're not going to make money from that deal. All they would be doing is taking a step down and hurting the way they're viewed nationally. And you, you kind of proposed this idea, maybe we just see a pack 2 or pack whatever whatever teams they can bring in, maybe Hawaii, San Diego State, whatever. But maybe the Pac-12 does continue in some iteration driven by Oregon State and Washington State. Is that correct, kind of what you were saying the other day? So I look at it from an entrepreneurial start a business, have the courage to go for and start a business. So they're, they're not going to make – Oregon State and Washington State next year are not going to make any money as a football program, particularly if they go to like the Mountain West. Those teams make you – know, they're going to go from making 30 to $40 million a year from the football program to 5 to $10 million a year. And that changes everything. That changes your coaching, your recruiting, you know, everything. And in Oregon State's case, they're in a lot of debt. They just built up their big arena. They've got a lot of problems. So no matter where you go next year, you're not going to make money. Yep. So if you're not going to make money, would you rather be in charge and be part of the Pac-12 making no money or be in the lowly viewed, not as exciting Mountain West and not make money? And so if I were the Pac-12, since I'm not going to make money anyways, if I was the Pac-2 and they want an injunction, and now Washington has filed a new case, the Washington University was trying to screw with uh, the Pac-12 and get involved, but they lost They had lost a recent court case a couple weeks ago where, no, you said you're going to leave. The charter says if you're going to leave, you're out. So I think in, the, in legal terms, I think the Pac-12 will prevail, and it will be the Pac-2, and they can make decisions. So if I was them, I would say, screw it. We're going to pick up three or four or five or six teams next year or the year after and we are going to make this thing happen and if we play next year we play each other and then we play a bunch of we pretend we're notre dame and we get schedule a bunch of bowling bowling green and bowling state and we play a bunch a, a season that doesn't matter next year but year after next we could pick up hawaii we pick up montana state um i'm just picking names that we could pick up boise state and those teams get to join the pack six the Pac-6 is a viable conference with teams like that. You're still not making a lot of money, but they're not going to make money anyways. How much more interesting would the Pac-6 be? Now, back in the day, it used to be the Pac-6. It used to be the Pac-9. How much more interesting would it be with Washington State, Oregon State, Montana State, um, uh, Boise State, Hawaii, and Fresno State? I would watch that football. Hmm. Well, I think the thing you're saying is the most compelling. By the way, Montana State's D1 double A. I think that's probably out of the realm of possibility. But I would I would throw like San Diego State, Boise State, 
Fresno State. And I, I think Hawaii is an untapped potential market with people who want to go there. If you give them lots of money, I think Hawaii football would be really interesting if you could keep people in the state of Hawaii. Like people weren't – if they, people had a reason to stay near their family and play college football in their hometown of, and in their home state of Hawaii and be a short – you know, hop you know, from Maui, from Kauai, be near your family. I think a lot of guys would stay here if they could play high-level college football at Hawaii, but they can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you're saying is makes sense to me. Why go down to the Mountain West, be one of many, not have control – and be a part of a lowly conference when you can stay. If you're going to make no money anyway, stay in the pack, whatever. Have control of your destiny and do your own thing. Um, maybe that's we, – we both are self-employed. So maybe that's just because we view the world as like, why would we want to go work for someone else when yep. we can control our own destiny? But I think that makes sense to me a lot. And, and you I, know who they could – you know another team they could get that would help the pack, the pack 8 or the pack 6 make things really interesting? Sure. Gonzaga. Has nothing uh, to do with football, but yeah, for yeah. basketball. Because the Pac-12 historically has been a big power, and and Oregon State, Washington State, they're good football teams. No one, I don't know if anyone thinks they're a great basketball team. But how would Gonzaga love to be? I'm the winner of the Pac-10 or the Pac-8, mm. and, and they still have all the money. They still have the they still have the agreements for the national championship. But I think that still goes for two years. They still get if they win certain games, they still get they have all those agreements are in place. Oh, you're and right. I think they, they get an automatic bid, don't they? Yes, and I think it's hard to undo that legally. And so I would be scrambling if I was the Pac-2 to make the Pac-6 next year. Bring mm-hmm. teams in and just go for it. You're not going to make money anyways. You don't have a TV contract, but neither does the Mountain West, and make yourselves interesting. Yeah, no, I, I, can you imagine? You win the Pac-6, you're Oregon State, you're Washington State, one of those two, and you go to the college football playoff, and, and Oregon sitting at home, Washington sitting at home, USC's watching because they are in a bigger conference. Like That's a, that's a fun thought to me. You, know, to play, you wouldn't win uh, probably against Ohio State and – Alabama, and, whatever and, the teams and, get there, but and I think it would be easier to start the Pac six next year, and this is twenty twenty three. So let's move ahead to twenty thirty three. With with smart smartness and wisdom, I think it's likely that the Pac twelve is back or Pac ten is back in twenty twenty three. I don't think the Mountain West is ever going to be perceived as the same high quality product and and league as the Pac twelve. So you gotta think ten years out. So ten years from now it's more likely the Pac six can become a viable higher level program than the Mountain the, West ever becoming that. Then make more money, yes, because yeah. they've had the, the glory days and all the old man fans like me that want that to happen. Yeah. Mm. That makes I a lot of sense. Team, I, I just think Boise State, Fresno State, um, San Jose State, uh, Oregon State, Washington State, and Hawaii, I think that's compelling. And that's all West Coast. Yeah. I, I would watch that. And again, and it, would, it goes back to if you're not making money anyways, you might as well be in control. Yeah, exactly. What do you have to lose? And it's a better opportunity. If you're Boise State, if you can make the same amount of money and be on a, in a different conference that has a bid to go to the college football playoff for a couple of years, that's, that's, that's a big deal. It's, way, it's a step up for you. So, Yeah, and, and I think that um, you know, the Pac-12 was just destroyed by bad leadership and stupidity um, and not creative thinking. And yeah. you know, people like Stanford and um, – you know, uh, Berkeley getting in, you know, uh, Cal- uh, California Cal getting in the way like, well, we need, you know, land grant schools that do research and academics matter. And uh, th- those teams are all gone now. Money so matters. Let's, <laughs> so let's make some money. Yeah. Now, now, now Stanford, now you have to travel all across the country because you're arrogant and stupid. 
Um, and so I just think now they can now they can focus on making money and having fun, which if how would you like to be one of those athletes playing baseball or gymnastics or golf where you get to go to Hawaii, California, Idaho, Oregon, Washington, because your your teams now are, you know, um, uh, Boise State and, Sac, you know, Sacramento State and um, Fresno State and Hawaii, et cetera. It's all West Coast. That's great travel. It's better, actually so. better for the student athlete. Not that I think that, you know, football players are student athletes. I think it's kind of ridiculous. But all the other sports, because this impacts all of the sports. Yeah. Well, and Gonzaga is a good pickup. That's an interesting one I've never heard. They're in some lowly little conference. They dominate it every year. Then they get into the, the tournament. Can't hurt Wouldn't Gonzaga them. rather be the winner of the Pac-8 than the, the conference they're in? That sounds cooler, funner. Yeah, Northwest Conference or whatever it is. I, I have no idea what their conference is called, but... They play like they play like Portland. They play like University of Portland in basketball for like. Conference I think they're games. in the Big Sky. I think is Gonzaga in the Big Sky? Uh-huh. No, I don't think so. I think it's. It doesn't really matter. Um, do you have any anything else you want to talk about, man? Like we're we're at an hour. Uh, we've hit everything I want to talk about. But do you have anything left? You like any hot takes? Anything else you want to throw out there? No, but I want to talk about. Um, you got to go to. Um, ah. uh, <laughs> tell me the name. I don't want to say it wrong. Kahuku. Kahuku. Now, have you talked about this yet on your show? A little bit, but not not in depth. No, and they and and the the mascot, their team, they are the. I I actually have no idea. Like the Warriors or something. There's some. I I don't want to get it wrong. Um, I'll look at no, the Red I'll Raiders, the Kahuku Red Raiders. I don't yeah, know that's why what I was going to say. I thought yeah, they're Red Raiders. Yeah, the yeah, Kahuku right. Red yeah, Raiders. Yeah, yeah. So you got to go because we drove by where they play football. Uh, time before last when I visited you out in Hawaii, and you've been a fan of them since stinking freshman in high school. Maybe not a fan, but they were on your radar. Yeah, no, Kahuku is a, it's an hour out of Oahu. It's basically as far as you can get on this side, on this, on this, from this point, I'm in Honolulu. It's as far as you can drive on the island and, and get from here. It's a tiny town of 2,200 people, and they just beat the number one team in the country in high school football. They beat St. John Bosco, and that they were not expected to win, but Kahuku football is this unbelievable, I was there for their homecoming this past weekend, and the way the energy in the crowd, their standing room only, the way the kids like that are doing their homecoming speech talk about the community, it's insane. And I've always known, like, if you drive around Oahu at all, you see Red Raiders flags, Red Raiders t-shirts. It's like a clear, insane community that loves football. But it reminds me of, like, a small town in Texas. And not only are they, like, a small town in Texas as far as their passion and love for football, but they send a ton of players to play college football at the D1 level and even have NFL players from this little tiny town in like a faraway corner of Hawaii with 2,000 people. And it's like, it's almost like every able-bodied guy in high school that can walk, you're playing football. Like if you can, if you can walk, you got to play football in Kahuku and it's really insane and it's so cool. And I knew they were good. I've always wanted to see them play. I, they come out with this, they have this drum beat, do, go, do, go, do, like they're hitting this drum and they run out. And it's actually like the most, like you, the hair stands up on the back of your neck when they run out onto the field. I can't imagine, like we were watching Campbell play Kahuku. Campbell High School, who is good, they're the number two team ranked in Hawaii going into that game, had to have just been like, oh, we're terrified. Like, I don't, I don't know how you feel, but when Kahuku runs out on the field, it's this insane moment and the energy's crazy and. It's it's like going to a it's like going to a, a college football game or something. The energy is is really cool, and I really have always admired this tiny community with two thousand two hundred people who has like ten guys in the NFL. Every year they send a bunch of people to play D one football, and you're like, how is that mathematically even possible? But that's because of their commitment and love for football. 
and the way the community rallies together. It's so interesting. And they've to won me. ten Hawaii State championships. Correct. And most recently, last year, they won the Hawaii State Championship for football. Correct. So it's not just that they have passionate fans. They have had a long-term success, so pretty impressive. They've had unprecedented <laughs> success against private schools, against schools with more kids, against towns that have way more people. They beat schools from the mainland by a ton of points regularly. Again, they beat St. John Bosco, who's got – they had Josh Rose and DJ Uyungles, back-to-back quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Real Mitchell is in between, but they have – they beat St. John Bosco, who's in – L.A., I guess it's Inland Empire, whatever. You know, they're in Southern California. It's a private school that's like the number one ranked team in the country. A, a team from a tiny town in Hawaii has no business competing with St. John Bosco, let alone beating them. And they did. Like that kind of stuff is – I just – people don't realize you should look into Kahuku football. It's really this incredible community that is like insanely good at football. And I, I love Hawaii. Like moving out here, I, I had high hopes and high expectations. And Hawaii in general exceeded my expectations. But then going to Kahuku football was a long dream of mine that that moment exceeded my expectations as well. It's like this, they're as good as I thought they were. They're dominant. They're incredible. Dude, when they kicked off the ball, they caused the opening kickoff. Campbell fumbled on the kickoff. Like that's how dominant they are. They kick off the ball to Campbell. Campbell fumbles on the kick return. Immediately it's Kahuku football. They go down and score a touchdown. You're like, Seven nothing, six nothing already. Like, how is this possible? It was crazy. So here's a question you probably don't have an answer to, which is okay. fine. But yep. I will get it. I want to go next year, early season when it's not quite as packed. Hoping, you know, probably every game. How did you even get a ticket? So, Secret sources? No, uh, my, my friend. I made a friend, Joel. I got a guy friend on the island. I'm really excited. He works for. I'm not gonna say where. He, he's he's cool though. He's like, you want to go to a game? And it's a stranger sent me an email, and I'm like, well. What's the risk here? Like, I'll give him my address. He'll come pick me up. He didn't kill me. Instead, he went to a game. It was fun. But we tried to go to the St. John Bosco Kahuku game, and it was sold out. And to go to Kahuku football games, you have to buy tickets online as if you're going to, like, a college game or a pro game. It's not like you show up, you give them $5 to let you in. Like, they're standing room only. There's not, they're at capacity for every game. And so we had to get tickets online ahead of time to go to Kahuku Campbell. Um I was so wild, I, man. So I want to go, and the thing yep. I'm curious about, uh, so I want to go early game because I assume the closer it gets to the later in the season, the more popular they are, they're winning games, people want to see them win, yeah. you know, the big the big deal. So early season game next year, but wh- what was the snacks like? Did they have a snack bar? What was I don't the know. food I like? I, I, didn't, I didn't get snacks. See, I also I, regret, I should have bought a t-shirt. I wish I'd bought a Kahuku High School t-shirt, and I, I, I didn't, but I also learned, you got to get there early. Like, if you... If you want to even sit on the opposing sideline, you got to get there like an hour early and be in the stands waiting with your spot. Like, it's uh, it's wild, man. Like, people bring chairs. Like, people bring their own beach chairs to sit, like, along the track. It's like there literally is not room for everyone that is in that stadium. It's like they're, they're at capacity in every way you could possibly be. There's people on the top of the high school, like, sitting in chairs on top of the building so they can get an angle of the game. Like, that's how exclusive this game feels when you go. It's crazy. Okay, so forget. Okay, so obviously you need some culinary assistance the next time you go. Correct. Um, so forget an hour earlier. We, I want to get there. You know, a midday. Uh, there's got to be some Hawaiian family that will take us in and love us, and we'll have a cookout right there, and uh, either on the ne- nearby beach, and then we'll walk over. We'll have a great meal. We'll get there two hours early. We'll check out the snacks. We'll watch well, you, the game. You know what they're known for? Kahuka is known for shrimp. That's where they grow like all the all the shrimp farms are out there. So they're like the best garlic shrimp you could have in your entire life is in Kahuku. 
And, okay. uh, and so there's got to be between my, my fan base and your fan base, there's got to be some people that would going to hear this podcast and invite us out to one of the early games next year. You and I will go, we'll film it. We'll have fun. We'll spend the whole day there. We'll have a great meal. We'll have a great cookout. We'll go out afterwards. We'll find somewhere to go afterwards. It'll be fantastic. I love this idea. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And it's, <laughs> I, I, it's crazy. Like, uh, I, I'm probably going to go to the UH San Diego, uh, sorry, uh, San Jose State's quarterback. Uh, is the former Hawaii quarterback. He transferred out of Hawaii to go to San Jose State. Now he's at San Jose State. And uh, by the way, his little brother, I believe, is at Campbell because his last name is on the back of his shirt. I was like, oh, interesting. Um, so I think I'm going to go in a couple weeks on October 28th to watch San Jose State play at, play at UH Manoa. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I have no doubt the atmosphere at a college football game in Hawaii is going to be nowhere near what Kahuku High School football has. Like the amount of passion, the amount of people. I bet there's going to be more people at a Kahuku game easily than the, at the college game for UH Manoa. It's crazy, man. I really can't say enough good things about so Kahuku football. So I'm super excited for the Kahuku. I want to go. I'm in. It's great. But yep. I, my heart aches for all the people that want Hawaii football, you know, the college to yeah. be that passionate. And they've had times where they had winning yeah. seasons and they were, but imagine if they were in the pack eight, imagine Man. how that would bring prominence and, and amazement. And I think that would just be phenomenal. I, I've always felt that the two most untapped potential programs in college football are UH Manoa and BYU. So university of Hawaii is a destination. People would go to watch games there. There's also like, are you, there's so much passion here for football. If they could put a good, viable product on the field, people would show up. People here in Hawaii, it's cultural. They love football. It's everything here. It's like, it's like living in Texas or California, the way that there's love for football here in Hawaii. And really what needs to happen is Hawaii football, the, the college, needs to have games at a high enough level for players to want to play there. Right now, they're in the Mountain West. You're playing against crappy football programs. The, the games aren't high stakes. And there's not enough money from TV contracts for them to have nice facilities. Like, their outdoor, their weight facility is literally like a tent outside. Like, I'm not even kidding. And that's fine to me. I wouldn't mind working out there. But it's, there's not a great facility. They don't have a stadium. If you could get money into Hawaii football, the college, I mean, and then be at a higher level where you're playing games against Oregon State, Washington State, you're playing higher profile games. And if you could convince the best players in Hawaii to not go to Alabama, to not go to utah not go to michigan not go to wherever if you could convince the literally all the best high school football players in hawaii to stay in hawaii and play for uh manoa they would be a top five program in college football they would dominate that's how many insanely good football players i watch michigan their number one receiver right now is from hawaii you watch tua from hawaii you watch a lot of utah players all their amazing linemen are from often kahuku high school like if you could just keep the best talent in hawaii and give them money if they're in the pack six or whatever, you would have fans that would want to come because people want to come watch games in Hawaii. It's a fun vacation. It's like going to Vegas. It's a destination. And if you could get players to stay there because the facilities are better and the games are high profile enough, you would have a dominant high school, fo- a dominant college football program that it's, it would be like Miami back in the day when Miami had the U 
and they were getting all the best recruits from Miami. If you could do the same thing in Hawaii, you would have an incredible, incredible college football program. Yeah, and I just thought of two more teams to add to my goofy new Pac-8, Pac-6. Um, uh, just because um, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Yeah. Basketball, yeah. and then you get to play football, a great basketball program historically, and you get to play football games in Vegas. And the Ninth Island, there's some money there, baby. Dude, and put your – I because it's cheap there. I always said for years they should have the Pac-12 network um, or the Pac-12 whatever, conference HQ – it's in. I've been to their HQ. It's in San Francisco downtown in this like multi-million dollar building. It's audacious. It's ridiculous. You don't need that. Get a small building in Las Vegas that's way cheaper. Have a college there. I always thought they should do it in Utah where the internet's crazy fast and you have a lot of benefits there. But I would move the Pac-12, the Pac-2 headquarters to Las Vegas and then make that your center. Have your your Pac-12 title game every year in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Lean into that and... Uh, just, there's money to be made that the Pac-12, I think, uh, is leaving on the table. All right. Well, I think this has been a great episode. We've made good plans. We've made plans to fix the Pac-12. Yeah. And we've made plans to go to a Kahuku game next year, early in the season, and have great food. I've got one more question for you. Oh, uh, okay. What, what's the possibility that this Pac-2 thing even happens? Like, what, what do, you, do you think it's even going to happen? Is there, a, is there a likelihood of that? We can be wishful thinking, but... So um, Sports Illustrated put out an article yesterday um, that they still don't have a landing spot, uh, Oregon State and Washington State. And according to Sports Illustrated, expansion is still an option. Uh, and it recently, I didn't, I didn't read this article until just now. I Googled it while you were talking about Kahuku. Um, they've, uh, thought they're flirting with the idea of adding Gonzaga. Now, that doesn't give them football, but that gives them basketball, and so it's in the article. Um, and so this was an article yesterday. A lot of the articles about expansion are 30, 30 days old, but this is one that's uh, dated yesterday, October 12th. Um, Kevin Borba. So it's still possible. And I, I think the fact—go ahead. Well, well I've got a th- I just In the past, the Pac-12 was held back by academics and all this other, frankly, bullshit. Now you can be a mercenary and say, how much money can we make? What, what do we do to run a successful business as a Pac-12 conference? And yep. that attitude of being a mercenary, making as much money as you can, I think could lead them to be successful and maybe survive. Yeah, and I think the other thing that is um, interesting is I just think there's something to – they're not welcome anywhere. Oregon State and Washington still have not been picked up or chosen to go anywhere. And, and you go long enough, I think eventually you're like, screw it. We're going to do it ourselves. Screw yeah. all you guys who didn't want us. And sometimes it's not that, uh, that entrepreneurial spirit. It's more that defiant spirit. Fine. You don't want us? We'll build our own thing. Uh, and we're going to build the thing that we had, which is a West Coast football power, West Coast sports conference that's good for the student athlete. So I think they have a good marketing. You know, they have a good claim to fame. We want our athletes to be able to stay and play on the West Coast. Yeah, there's a definitely an angle to take there that would be. I I just hope it works, man. I I don't know that we're gonna see like we can plan and talk about it hypothetically all we want. I would love to see that come to fruition though. That'd be really cool. Yep. All right. Well, I had a blast. I would love to come back on sometime. We're five weeks into the NFL. Maybe when we get to a, a week ten, games have been done. Uh, that would be fun. Um, but man, you do such a great job. I'm so incredibly proud of you. All the things you put together, the incredible brand you've built. Um, uh, just wish you all the continued success. Thank and you. And anyone yeah. that has hate for whatever stupid things I said during this episode, I'll take it. They can leave you alone. They can hate on me. That's okay. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I think I could see this being a fun thing once a month, once every other month. I think it'd be. I like this idea. So, guys, I love you. I appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, have a great day. But um, bam, we are done.